read some scriptures and uh, give some definitions and uh, by God's grace give, grace, give a little, uh, little insight and wisdom. This class is actually called Unwrapping the Gifts. And when they asked me what to call the class, I could have called it Gifts of the Spirit or Spiritual Gifts or Supernatural Giftings or could have called it Charisma. I just felt like it'd be exciting if we got to think we was going to unwrap some gifts. And that's what we're doing, spiritual gifts. Last week, I definitely urged all of us very, very firmly and strongly to please indeed unwrap the gift that is within you. Um, open it. Get it in your hand. See how it works. Use it. And so forth. I stress very strongly that every person has an opportunity to be used in a gift. Uh, I may have told you something else, Brother Thomas, but I'm going to ask you to go to some random verses, if you can go there quick enough, uh, just above the uh, area of charisma. Acts 2 and 4 says, They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Well, I'm speaking to you again, just some additional scriptures to show us that all can and should experience supernatural things in God. God is supernatural. Jesus told the woman at the well of Samaria, God is a spirit. Can you help finish quoting it? And they that worship aloud must they worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So what is it saying? God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That's like saying, uh, brother or sister so and so is a German and they only speak German, and if you're going to communicate with them, you must communicate with them in German. Or if, if it be a bird, or if it be a funny monkey. If you're going to communicate, you're going to be able to have to communicate as a bird to the bird and as a monkey to the monkey. Now, coming back, God is a spirit. So how do we communicate with him on a Monkey level? No. On a bird level? No. On a human level? No. On a earthly level? No. On a computer level? No. On a digital level? No. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in and in truth. And so the fact is, if to have a connection with God, to have a relationship with God, it must be on a spiritual level. That's why we urge prayer. I'm going to wait a minute there because I really want us to really realize this. That's why we urge prayer. And not. And there again, you know, I've learned a few things about different languages. So it is with prayer. We might pray some prayers but still not really be able to communicate fluently with God because maybe we haven't practiced enough. Okay. When I go into um, Finland, 
If I want to say thank you, I say quito. If I go into Russia, I want to say thank you, it's spasiba. If I go into Germany, I want to say thank you, it's danke or danke, thank you very much. Of course, Spanish, you know, gracias or whatever. <laughs> um, in in um, Serbian or, or Slovak, some of those uh, crossover, even with Russian a little bit. But it's, um, sorry, I forgot, uh, I think it's Spasiba in, in Serbian too. Uh, but anyway, you understand? I can do that. But let me, I guarantee that's not enough to actually have a relationship with somebody. To go up to somebody and say, Quito. And they say, Quito. And I say again, Quito. Quito. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you. No, no, no. Thank you. It's not going to go very far. Now, what I'm saying is, any person who knows anything about communication skills know that in order to communicate in a certain language, you really have to work with it until you're fluent. And so it is with God. God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit. We must speak spiritual things. We must, uh, we must comprehend and discern spiritual things. Scripture says... Uh, Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. A carnal man is enmity against God. It can't comprehend the things of God. So when I'm, what I'm saying tonight is, is that the more we pray, the more we're able to understand spiritual things. The more we read God's holy word, we understand more spiritual things. The more we worship anything that has to do with activating ourselves toward God. Isn't this practical? It's practical. Anything that, that, that activates ourselves toward God or, or incorporates ourselves or you know, opens ourselves toward God and, and we actually open more communication with Him, the more we know Him, the more sensitive we are to Him, and the more He can use us and the more He can bless us. Because you see... Here's, the, here's what happens. We, we, we don't say, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to, otherwise, friends, someone wants to be blessed financially, and they say, well, I'm going to uh, go to this vocation. I'm going to work here. I'm going to work here, and I'm going to work here until God makes me a millionaire. Uh, basically, I am going to uh, mow grass, and you can definitely make a living mowing grass, but it's not typical, if, especially if it's just a small business for you to become very wealthy mowing grass. But yet, on the, by the same token, I'm just going to become wealthy, and I'm just going to continue doing this. I, anything I name, it seems like I'm belittling it. I've got to use something for an example. Preach. Let's talk about preach. <laughs> I'm going to get rich preaching. Not very many, unless you've got a smile big enough, you know. But... You see, the, uh, the, the point being is that we don't say, I'm going to do it this way. Now, God, you come and bless what I'm doing. What it is, we must find out what God blesses. And then we must go do what God blesses. Now, that's, I've used in financial, but really that's really one of the least of our concerns, really, even though we need enough to live and get along. But that's about it. As far as Paul said, I've learned to be content. That's what he said. 
So we can learn to be content, but God will bless us and we, if we do it God's way. We, we, you know, we can, like tithing and offerings, for instance. We can say, well, you know, tithing to me means at least, you know, pop a $5 and a bill in an envelope, even though I made $2,000 this week. And, and, we, and we can just say that's God's way. But the fact is the word tithe means a tenth part. And God's, God's really generous because God is so nice to give us 90%. And, uh, <laughs> and then out of that 90%, we can give whatever we want to give. But he gives us 90%. And, and he's a great God. And the other fact is he holds our life in his hand. And, and he's so nice to give us 90%. And, and yet the fact is he'd go and withdraw our breath from us that he gave. And we would be, it would be all over. And yet he's so kind to give us 90%. But then if we say, yeah, but I'm going to do it my way, it won't happen your way. It won't happen my way. It's going to happen God's way. And, and, and so it is with, uh, with, with communication with God and the Spirit. We can say, well, I'm going to become spiritual Playing golf. Most people that I've played golf with, got, excuse me, golf <laughs> with, uh, didn't act all that spiritual. As a matter of fact, they needed to go pray. <laughs> now I'm just kind of moving along here, but I'm I'm really saying something here. If we're gonna, if we're going to be used of God, if we're going to be blessed if we're going to grow, if we're going to build a true, strong relationship with God, which it, it means something every day, but there are points and times in our life when it means life and death. Our walk with God, it mean, may mean life and death for some of our children. It may mean life and death for, our, for uh, many other situations. It could mean absolute ultimate blessing or absolute ultimate uh, uh, detriment depending on our relationship with God. So it is important to have a relationship with God, but tonight we want to talk about a relationship with God concerning uh, being used of God in supernatural gifts. So let's unwrap some more gifts. Let's take some more wrappings off. Let's get some more things in our hands, and let's inspect it a little closer. Shall we? And would you all say amen to that? When we speak of the word gifts, the, super, the gifts of the Spirit, Diversities of gifts, as we're going to read about in a moment, it basically has to do with it's the word charisma. The word charisma, uh, first of all, it means a divine gift or gratuity, actually, a divine gift. Uh, the word charisma is, is, is where the word charismatic, charismatic comes from. The reason it's called charismatic, charismatic, is because uh, it, it highlights the particular movement called the charismatic movement highlights supernatural gifts. So it's called the charismatic movement, and uh, so that, that and that is a Greek word charisma for gifts. Now, one of the reasons why that we need to be careful about being simply charismatic, I think it's more important that we be apostolic, because apostolic you can rest assured of, is biblical because it was, not, um, it was not people with the gifts of the Spirit that wrote the Bible. It was the apostles and, and primarily absolutely apostles with the exception of a couple of writers of the New Testament such as Luke and so forth. But it was the apostles that wrote the Scripture. And therefore we call apostolic Coming from the word apostle, apostolic. 
So it's more important to be apostolic than it is charismatic. Apostolic means that we believe that we adhere to the Scripture first and foremost. And that the gifts of the Spirit is, is not um, as powerful to us or as important as the Word of God. As a matter of fact, the Scripture, when it speaks of, um, it speaks of the gifts, and it says, when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part shall be done away. Now, there are some people that go too far with this explanation that I'm going to talk to you about. And that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Uh, when he talks about faith, hope, and charity, grace of these is charity or love. And then he speaks about how that uh, if you have faith to move mountains and if you gave your body to be burned and so forth, but if you didn't have charity or love, that your profit's nothing. And then he talks about some supernatural things. But he said if you do all these supernatural things, if you could line up, a thousand people and say, Lord, I, by your supernatural power, laid hands on all these people and they were healed. God is still going to expect us to have been obedient to his word. And his word is above, Bible said, even above his name. Bible said he made his, he put his word above his own name. So the word of God is the most important and the New Testament scripture primarily comes to us from the apostles, therefore apostolic. Charismatic. The Bible makes it very clear, the Apostle Paul does over and over, that the Word of God trumps the gifts of the Spirit every day. On any occasion, the Word of God trumps the gifts of the Spirit. Anything that happens that goes contrary in any way, form, or fashion to the Scripture, the Holy Word of God, the Bible as we know it, the Holy Scripture is to take second place and is to be submitted to the Scripture, the Word of God, the truth. Going back to Acts 2.4, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost again to speak with other tongues. The question is, does everybody speak in tongues? It said they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and therefore that all applies to the rest of the sentence, rest of the verse, and begin to speak with other tongues. Who did? All. So it all depends on the, on the purpose for the tongues. We'll come back to that probably next week. We'll revisit that part of it. Talk about the different reasons why people speak with tongues. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5. That's over chapter 14 I just mentioned. I would that you all speak with tongues. Now, if it's not possible for everybody to speak in tongues, why would he even would that we do that? But he said, it's better, however, rather that you prophesied. For greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. And we'll, we'll go into that next week a lot deeper. There again, talking about the various meanings and the purposes for speaking in tongues. That's very important. A lot of people get that mixed up in thinking there's only one single solitary reason to speak in tongues, and I can assure you and clearly show you three distinct areas and reasons to speak in tongues. And not all of those are to be interpreted. Only one of those is to be interpreted, and I'll explain that next week. But do all speak with tongues? Excuse me. I would that you all speak with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. There again, the word all applies. All speak with tongues, but rather that you all prophesied. And there again, can everybody prophesy? 
everybody can prophesy. Stay with me, and I'll, I'll explain a little more. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 24. But if all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not or is unlearned, he is convinced of all, and he is judged of all. How many prophesy? All. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 31. Another place. For ye may all prophesy, one by one, that all may learn and all may be comforted. How many people can prophesy? All. Now, again, I'm tagging on, but using new material from last week. All can be used and should be used in some supernatural way in God. God's body is a supernatural body. What you see right here is human flesh. The body of Christ, God does not see each of us as individual persons when it comes to the body of Christ. He sees us as one uno singular body. And therefore, God sees us through God eyes. He sees us through God lenses. And He sees us as one body. We see ourselves individually, but, we, but God wants to, by His Spirit, blend us and make us one and use us, each and every one. 1 Corinthians 12, we're going to go right into verse 4 because we studied some of the other verses last week. 1 Corinthians 12, and now we're going to go right into verse 4. Now, there are diversities of, what's the next word? Gifts. I uh, realize, so it is the gifts. Now, there are diversities of gifts, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, say the word gifts there. There are diversities of gifts. There again, gifts meaning divine. Everybody say divine, please. And it means spiritual endowment. God is a spirit. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. Spiritual endowment. So if God's a spirit, is God almighty? Is God supernatural? Is God a miracle worker? Is God in all, above all, and through all? God is greater than flesh. And so, therefore, if we worship God in spirit, we worship Him on a whole different level than we would communicate with our wife, our children, our husband, our neighbor. We worship Him in spirit and in truth. That's that point where we get to the point to where we can no longer completely control our own prayers. Matter of fact, the Scripture goes straight out and says, The Spirit prayeth. The Spirit prayeth. And there's several scriptures to go along with that telling us of those things. Uh, speaking of praying in the Spirit and praying even to the point of words that cannot be uttered. There is a place of the spiritual level we can get to where that we're not saying what we want to say in our own language. It could be other tongues, and actually the Bible said it could be just simply groanings, which cannot be uttered. Gifts. This means charisma. This means divine. It means spiritual endowment. It means miraculously, excuse me, miraculous faculty. Miraculous faculty. When we speak of faculty of our senses, we're meaning our eyes, our ears, our, our sense of smell, our mouth that you hear me speak. 
We speak of our, our, our senses, our faculties. That's what we're speaking of. But this is speaking of, to us about miraculous faculties. That means it's beyond our five senses of the body. And the Bible teaches us every person can experience this. Every person can experience this. And the point I'm going to make right now, and before I move on, is to say that everybody can prophesy, but that doesn't mean everybody's a prophet. Because there are times that God could use you one single time in a particular supernatural function and never use that again. So don't be discouraged if God uses you in a supernatural function of some way that, and, and you say, oh, I thought I had a special gift. I thought I was a prophet because I prophesied once. Seek it. Reach for it. We don't want it to be because we've come short spiritually, do we? We don't want that to be. We want, if, we don't, if we prophesy once and never again, we want to know that it's not because we have not sought after him. It's because he, he chose. The Bible said he said everything in the body as it pleased him. He chooses. Same thing with, with, with prophecy in the sense of a gift of prophecy. He said there, you may all prophesy one by one. He said it to the Corinthian church. Every single person in the place can prophesy one by one. And yet later he says, does everybody have the gift of prophecy? And the, asking the question in the sense of not everybody has the gift of prophecy. So could I, could I actually be used in, a, in, in the same function as the gift of prophecy, and yet I don't actually have an abiding gift? It is possible. I'm saying that to say to you, don't be frustrated, don't be discouraged, don't be in doubt, and live beneath your spiritual love and closeness with God because you were used once in something and not on a regular basis. Because there are some things that God will use you one time, and that's all he intended to do. Cherish that time. Don't condemn yourself. Cherish that moment. But he did say, however, seek earnestly these best gifts. Seek earnestly. But the bottom line is, it said God, he, he puts it as it pleases him. So I'm saying that everybody in the place at some point in your life could speak out in other tongues and give a message in tongues that's actually a, to be used to in, be interpreted for the whole church, not just when you're praying in the Spirit by yourself. That is between you and God only. Not it's, it, you can be used of God in a public uh, demonstration of the supernatural gifts or the supernatural functions and functions of God's Spirit and not necessarily say, I have the gift of miracles or the gift of prophecy. But you were used in that way. So don't be discouraged if you don't always possess the same. But, however, again, I'm going to say, seek I believe it's possible for any one person to be used in all areas of supernatural functions, gifts of the Spirit, supernatural gifts, charisma, miraculous faculties. Everybody can at one time or another, and be used in all of them maybe at least once in your life. 
but there may be some that become an actual gift that is an abiding gift that God gives to you. Thank you, God. Let it be so. Let's just take a moment and invite the Lord. Lord, I invite you to use me. I invite you to endow me with supernatural abilities by your will as it pleases you. I seek you, Lord, that you would let me be used of you. And every person in this place, I ask in their behalf that you would draw us and woo us and show us and use us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Gifts, diversities of gifts is diversities of miraculous faculties. Miraculous spiritual endowment. Divine gratuity or special bonuses. That's what we call a tip gratuity in the restaurant. That's a something you give that's a bonus. And 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 gifts of the spirit is that above and beyond salvation. Salvation is one thing. That's the gift of eternal life abiding in us. But the gift of the spirit is a very special divine gratuity, a bonus. That's according to the very definition. First Corinthians 12, verse 5, There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Same. Same Spirit, same Lord. Verse 6, And there are diversities of operations, but the same God, which worketh all in all. God's a spirit. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. So God, Spirit. Same Spirit. Verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And, of course, it means God's supernatural gifts of the Spirit, the manifestations of the supernatural workings of God in your life is to profit all. Everybody say profit. And you find out that it says seek to edify, and edify does not mean tear down. It means build up. Now, I'm not saying it's impossible for God to use somebody in the gift of the Spirit to reveal something and to speak to someone in a very rebuking way from the Holy Ghost. Yes, that's possible, but that is not the typical thing that God is looking for and asking for in the gift of the Spirit in our life. For He says, seek to edify. Edify is to build up, not tear down. I believe that primarily, if somebody needs a good rebuking <laughs> or a curse put upon them, it will come from a ministry of a prophet. Typically, typically. And for the church in general, I say, let's typically expect that to be the way it's done if it's going to be anything that's going to be, you know, hell and damnation. Let's let it come from a prophet. And unfortunately, I don't mean unfortunately for God's people, but unfortunately for the heart of a man, it's not easy to be a prophet because a prophet gets a lot of criticism. pastor just read Sunday morning about about the king that says, you know, they, they had all the their, their little prophets come before them, and, and, and all the leaders said, no, no, we... This is not, we're not hearing the right thing. They said, is there another prophet? And the king said, oh, there's another one, but I don't like him. He said, matter of fact, he said, I hate him. He never prophesies anything good about me. (laughs) 
So you see, the fact is, it is it, the, the life of a prophet is really a pretty tough life. Jeremiah, the prophet, lived a good portion of his life in, in the dungeon. And a lot of other prophets lived in some bad spots. As you know, Elijah was hunted down by Jezebel, as she made every attempt to anyway. And other prophets were, were stoned to death. Other prophets, many different horrible deaths came their way and much persecution because of their prophets, because they were a prophet. And they did speak the words of God. Mm -hmm. And thank God for those wonderful things like Ezekiel and his, his boneyard, you know. Thank God for the, um, the, you know, the, the, the prophet that saw the, the potter and the clay and the good things that we hear about. But we know the prophets also have to deal with some pretty tough stuff. So let's leave that to the prophets. And for the gifts of the Spirit, let's, let's let that be for edifying. Can everybody say amen to that? What I'm saying to you is, okay, now as we read through this and we look through this, you see that the gifts of the Spirit primarily, again, primarily, the gifts of the Spirit are, oh, you know what, I'm going to get into that next week when I talk about where the, how the gifts of the Spirit operate. I'm sorry. Back off of that. Let's go down this different hallway here. Um, let's go to verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit. Everybody say by the Spirit. We're talking about the Spirit of God, capital S, Holy Spirit, supernatural Spirit, divine Spirit. It is not something you practice, not something you conjure up within yourself. It's not something you can learn at school. No, it's not. It is by the Holy Spirit. It's only by the Spirit. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge to, by the same Spirit. And it, it, it don't say this every time because it finally drops it, but it says it enough times that it establishes the fact that every gift of the Spirit operates by the same Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, God Almighty Spirit. Now, I do believe... As the Apostle Paul also said, having our senses exercised, speaking of spiritual senses, I do believe that we can exercise the gifts of the Spirit, the real, true, God-given, as it pleased Him, gifts of the Spirit, and we can get more and more and more uh, fluent. Absolutely. We can get more and more accurate in the sense of especially timing <laughs> and so forth. Somebody asked me the other day about such strong words, and I believe it all, so don't misunderstand me, but strong words in the Old Testament that says if a, if a prophet or if a person prophesies something that does not come to pass, mark that man that he is not a true prophet. He is a false prophet. But when you look, in, when you look into the New Testament, when God opens up supernatural abilities to the whole body, it actually seems to give a little more leniency for mistakes. Now, I'm going to explain. I'm going to show it to you. Matter of fact, I'm there again, some of that's going to be coming up, I'm sorry, in, in verse in chapter 14. But I'm still going to say it tonight, and we're, you'll, you'll hear it coming up. I'm saying these things to you because I don't want you to be so terrified that you say, oh, if I say one thing wrong, 
I'm going to be cursed or I'm going to be banned from the church or I'm going to be set down or embarrassed forever. That simply, God simply gives us a little more liberty in the New Testament with the gifts of the Spirit. He definitely gives us, otherwise it says, let, we'll get to it, but it says let, let, let someone prophesy and let the other that sitteth by judge. Well, if a man or a woman is never, ever going to prophesy or do something out of order or do something wrong, what is the purpose of someone sitting by judging? And even it says to the point that it, then at some point you may, have to be, you may have to sit down and be quiet. So it shows us that the gifts of the Spirit is something to be exercised and perfected. Now, if somebody prophesies something that don't come to pass, is that a false prophecy? Yes, it's a false prophecy, but it's not an unpardonable sin. <laughs> and it's not an unpardonable uh, uh, um, you know, embarrassment to God. It's not an unpardonable uh, insult to God. There's another word I'm looking for. I don't know if I ever get to it. But it is not something that God cannot bear with. The New Testament shows us that the Apostle Paul, especially to the Corinthian church, he, he really charges them and really works on them about perfecting how they operate in the gifts. See, what happens is if we, get, if we, if we don't give ourselves, if we don't give, when it opens up to the body in the Old Testament and even in the New, the ministry of a prophet is held to a higher level than the general gifts in the body. Now, all of them have to be right, but God gives a little more in the sense of allowing the body to work with it, work on it, pray, seek God, exercise it, work it until God begins to use you more perfectly. Now, I'll tell you what I... Yes, every time I do that and stop, you know I'm, I'm trying to jump on next week's message. <laughs> Verse 9, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing. By what? Help me out a little bit. To another working of miracles. And it doesn't go on to say by the same Spirit, but I think it got us in the rhythm that we understand the point, don't we? So to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and that selfsame, what? The selfsame what? Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Now you, the body of Christ, members in particular, and verse 28 says, And God set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Now, I want to tell you what I feel about when it says first prophets, secondarily, excuse me, first apostles, secondarily prophets, and so forth. Thirdly, teachers. Um, I do believe that there, are, there is order in, in which God will use various ministries in your life and in the church. But I really don't think that that is the, the ironclad, set in stone meaning of this verse is to say the first thing that has to happen is an apostle. 
The second thing that has to happen is a prophet. The third thing that has to happen is a teacher. I don't believe that's really the primary point it's trying to make. It is simply like we would say if we're kind of going down a list of A, B, C. We'd say number one, da-da-da. Number two, da-da. Number three, da-da. doesn't mean number one is better than number three. It just means let's get them all in there. Through the Bible, I do not always see when the gospel is preached, I do not always see it in exactly the order of first an apostle, then a prophet, then a teacher. As I read through the book of Acts, it's not always in that exact order. So I don't think that's ironclad. However, I do believe in some sense of the word that could be somewhat of a divine order, but not absolute. Then it speaks of, after that, miracles. You mean to tell me that you can't have a miracle until you first have an apostle and a prophet and a teacher? Then you can have a miracle? Only after all three of those? So you see, I don't believe that's what he, the point he's trying to make. He's simply trying to tell us you need it all. Gifts of healings, helps in governments. I wanted to get to the helps in governments because um, this, these are something that is overlooked many times, and I want to talk about it. Now, I'm, I'm going to explain and uh, a little bit about the gifts of the Spirit. I want to read to you from Galatians 5, 22 through 23, the fruit of the Spirit. Everybody say fruit. Love. Repeat after me. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I realize these are, um, yes. The gifts of the Spirit, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healings, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, so forth. In this particular place, there's nine gifts of the Spirit, nine fruit of the Spirit. But the fact is, as you continue on down the 12th chapter, you find that there's more than nine. There's nine bunched up in that one area, but there's other various places where it speaks of other gifts as well. Word of wisdom is basically the supernatural, uh, supernaturally disclosing uh, something that is of an ex explanation to you from God. It is giving you, is opening your understanding to something that the human ability could not understand. It's a supernatural wisdom. Not wisdom that could possibly come from experience, could not possibly come even from the typical wisdom of all the church. But this is a place where a person edifies another and that one person is ministering to another person and, and speaks in a supernatural wisdom, giving them an explanation and an in-depth understanding of something that they so desperately needed from God. The word of knowledge, a supernatural revelation of information about a specific things, thing and has something to do with a need, and usually an immediate need. Knowledge, of course, is to know. Wisdom is to understand and to be able to uh, know how to demonstrate and use what you know. So the word of knowledge is for God to supernaturally use 
we're going to now come from the standpoint of God using me or God using you. God will use us to speak a word to someone, a word of knowledge, and that is that may be something they know already, that you just say it to them and it confirms it because there's no way you could know it. And many times the gifts of the Spirit operate through a preacher when he's preaching from, from all of, throughout his whole sermon. He may actually operate in almost every gift of the Spirit by the time he preaches that whole message. That's why sometimes people come to church and they, they ask their friends, said, did you tell him about me? <laughs> now, that, through the years, I have stood at that door or in the other churches, the back door. I've been, that's just something I've been doing for a long, long time. I started doing it years ago because I felt I went through a period of time where I felt like the Lord was using me, and I was really, on a Sunday morning, I was, it just thanked the Lord just imposed upon me that I had to preach some pretty heavy-duty stuff. And I said in my heart, if I have the courage to do it in the pulpit, I'm going to have the courage to look them in the eye and shake their hands as they go out the door. <laughs> that's where it started. Now, that's not why I do it now. Because I'm not even this, I'm not the pastor now, but I still love it, so I keep doing it when I'm home. Word of knowledge is to speak things that are supernatural, and sometimes that's that happens in preaching. That's why people can think, and they ask when they come out that door, "Did somebody tell you about me?" Because you sure told me everything about myself. <laughs> that's happened just within the last few services. That happens all through my life. And in almost every preacher's life, that's anointed of God. The word of knowledge. Faith is a gift. There's one thing he gave to every man, the measure of faith. Every man, the measure of faith. But then there's that supernatural, that gratuity, that bonus, that on top of it, that is supernatural, that is above and beyond faith that every man has. And that is a gift of faith. And a gift of faith, and remember, remember this, a gift of knowledge, or the, let's say prophecy. Prophecy is coming out of my mouth, or I'm, and if I'm using myself for an example, it's coming out of my mouth into your heart and your ears, right? That's the gift of prophecy. Well, the gift of faith is not merely me in my own mind having faith, okay? See, compare that with prophecy. If I prophesy, I don't just prophesy in my mind, right? I speak that word out, and it affects the congregation. So, so you now compare that with faith. Sometimes we think of faith as only something that happens inside of an individual's heart, even a prophet's heart or a, or, a, or a person who has a gift of faith. It's just something like I have the gift of faith. Now I can walk over here and just lay my hands on somebody and they're healed. Well, that is one operation of it. But the gift of faith also is the spoken word that is a gift, supernatural gift from God, that when it's just, it just is a gift from God, that when the, when, when the person speaks that word out, it is a gift that God puts it right into somebody's heart and imparts it unto them. So it works both. It works inside the person who has the gift of faith, that they may help others, but it also works as they speak faith and release it in the form, and it works a miracle. Gifts of healing. I believe the reason it gives the plural word gifts is because you have various levels of gifts of healing. You have healing. You have physical healing. You have emotional healing. You have mental healing, spiritual. You have all kind of healings. So you need gifts of healing, various types of healings. Um, working of miracles. Of course, um, 
every supernatural healing is a miracle, but not every miracle has to be a healing because there's miracles of turning the water into wine. There's all kind of miracles, the working of miracles, and that is that a person has a gift that they can uh, pray or speak or touch or minister in such a way that a miracle takes place. Gift of miracles. There's a lot more that happens than we give God credit for. Now, I'm not, and I realize that we don't need to have credit ourselves for that. I understand that. We don't have to have credit ourselves. But if we don't speak of it, if we don't testify, then there's others that may not be encouraged. And as I mentioned last week, the Bible said, Weep with them that weep, rejoice with them that rejoice. Sometimes we can take a lot more time weeping with people than we can rejoicing with people. If somebody's going through a burden, we'll cry and cry and cry and say at the altar and wet the altar with tears. But if they say, oh, I got a miracle from God, we'll say, oh, hallelujah, what's next? <laughs> I think we ought to take some time to rejoice. I think we ought to share some things. The Lord gave me some special things, and I, I passed it along to some people uh, by text today. And, uh, but you know, I feel, in my heart, I have to feel like I have to be careful who I send something like that to. Because some people actually think you're trying to make yourself something really want you like special within yourself. Some people really are, have a little jealousy in them. But I think we ought to get rid of that in the church. I think we ought to be able to, to share with one another the miracles that God has performed, the things that God has done, and let's rejoice about it and let it build faith in others. Let it build confidence in others. Oh, that person's used of God. If that person can be used of God... I know I can't. <laughs> well, sometimes that can work that way. Prophecy, and that is typically the supernatural disclosure or foretelling of something that has not happened as of yet. Now, I know you can prophesy and it can just be preaching, but this gift of prophecy goes beyond that. It is absolutely, absolutely the pre-telling, foretelling of something. Discerning of spirits, that is to be able to detect and discern and to know what spirit you're dealing with. And there are times that you need to know because it gives you greater authority over it when you know and you let that spirit know that you know. It's probably been about a year ago that I found myself, I found the pastor in a room trying to uh, deal with someone that was causing a great, great problem in the church and disruption. And I walked in there, and I just looked straight at them, and I just started speaking straight into their eyeballs. I didn't close my eyes. I didn't let them close theirs. I looked right in their face, and they froze like a solid rock and stopped the nonsense. Discerning of spirits. But when the other church, I remember one time that uh, a, man, a man was so full of the devil, he came up and got on his hands and feet, and he was trying to bite me. Like he was howling and growling like a dog and trying to bite me. And, but every time he'd reach up and grab my hand, it would just like, just, it would feel like just you barely touched it, and it would just slide off. He couldn't, he couldn't put anything down on my hand. And, of course, it didn't take but a, just a very short time, and the Lord delivered him. And, and it was either that same night or the very next service, there was another familiar spirit to that that came on another man that was in the back of the church over there. And our good brother was back there praying and rebuking. And thank God, they, they probably prepared the atmosphere for what God used me to do. But when I went back there, I just knelt down and said something in their ear, and they got up and sat down and shut up. And then about five minutes later, they came to the altar and received the Holy Ghost. They were acting just like a dog, barking, biting. 
And somebody later said, what did you say? What did you do? I said, I whispered in their ear, get up, sit down, quit acting like an idiot. That's what I said. <laughs> and they did. <laughs> and if they thought about it a little bit, they came and got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> now say, was it a devil or was it just somebody showing off? It don't matter. God gave us authority over it, and we just we don't have to say, oh, yeah, 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 saith the Lord. If you've got the power, just speak right out and to call it an idiot if you want to. Because I think the devil is an idiot. He's a slow fox, but he's also a liar, and that's an idiot. <laughs> well, different, diverse kinds of tongues. There's all kinds of different reasons for speaking in tongues with all kinds of different tongues. One place in, in, in 1 Corinthians 13, he said, the tongues of men and of angels. So that means there's earthly tongues and heavenly tongues. I don't think it's proper every time somebody speaks in tongue to say, oh, they spoke in that heavenly language. That's a beautiful thing, heavenly language. That sounds beautiful. And it may have been, but not every language is a heavenly language. He said that the, the, the tongues of men and of angels. On the day of Pentecost, they spoke in earthly languages. Other places, no man understood them, the Bible said. And that's a heavenly, probably, heavenly language. Different, diverse kinds of tongues. But if it's a gift of tongues, it will be interpreted. The interpretation of tongues comes right next, and, it's, and it's, it's the translating of the message just given. The person who translates other tongue translates other tongues and interprets it, that is, uh, does not know the language they're speaking. has nothing to do with it. The same supernatural ability that calls that person to speak in other tongues causes that other person to speak what God wants to say in the language of the people that they understand. And uh, we'll talk more in depth about tongues next week, but the, the translate, the speaking in tongues, different kind of tongues, and interpretation of tongues as a gift of the Spirit, they must go hand in hand. Scripture says if, if, uh, if there's no interpretation, don't keep on and on, keep silent, and move on with the service. And there's more than that in chapter 14. We'll get into that. So it is um, the gifts of the Spirit. And then um, all these things, in verse 11 says, uh, there again in our original 12th chapter, worketh that one self-same Spirit among all of us, dividing to every man severally as he will. Uh, now, I want to end up with verse 28, 12, 28. So we can look at it. Apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healings. Now look, helps governments. It, it makes it clear. Then gifts of healings helps governments, diversities of tongues. Diversities of tongues is exactly the same thing it says when it speaks of the gift of gifts of the Spirit, doesn't it? And so it is, helps in governments are there are people who actually have a special gifting of being a help and a government. Government having to do with administration, government having to do with helping the business side of things. Some people are blessed and have a gift, and they're blessed of God to do it. And a person that is truly blessed of God to do it will not use that to hurt the church or hurt the pastor or hurt anything in the church. The, if it's a gift of government, that will be done in love and to edify. But remember, Scripture said, all of this, if it's not done in charity, profits nothing. Nothing. And then helps. 
you can just about put anything that a person is willing to do to help the work of God and to help others in this helps. And let me tell you, there are some people, they just are. There are people that are, I have seen it, and I am absolutely 100% convinced that helps is a supernatural endowment by our Creator. That there are people that they are just, I mean, they just know right when to say the right word, do the right thing, and encourage and just what to do at the right time. And it, it has to be supernatural. It is so right. It's God Almighty. And we'll go into more of this next week. Thank you very much for your time tonight. Let's pray a minute. Again, let's open ourselves to God. I don't want to teach all this and I say that's interesting, but that's not for me. I've taken a lot of time to prove to you that it's for how many? All. Say all. Let's, let's open ourselves and speak to God. Lord, have your way in me. I'm asking, Lord Jesus, have your way in each of us individually. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus, have your way in me. Have your way in me. Jesus, work in me and use me as a part of your body. You've made it plain. There's nothing you put in this body that you didn't intend to be a part and to use, and it's important. So use me, Lord. Oh, Lord. I'm seeking you, Lord. When I pray, I seek you. When I worship, I seek you. When I preach, I seek you. When I sing, I seek you. I seek you, Lord, that you may use me as you will. In Jesus' name. I will say to you, this is not a rebuke. This is a, this is a provoking, though, for us to really take this serious. Okay? This is just a provoking to take this serious. I do not believe that the gifts of the Spirit are working as much as they should in this church. That's not a rebuke. Again, that's a provoking to good works. I believe there should be more supernatural gifts operating in this church. And if we would all seek, and if we would all just press into a little deeper, God would use us in a greater way. And I'll tell you, once you establish a gift in your life, the Bible said the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Once you've established a supernatural gift in your life. God has established it there. You might be surprised sometime how God could use you. <laughs> you might say, I've had a bad day. I really hadn't had the greatest of attitude today. Or I've been real weak in faith today. How could it be I go to church or I'll see a brother at the supermarket, parking lot, my neighbor, and I can lay hands on them and God heal them or I can speak a word of faith or a word of prophecy. How can that be? I've had a bad day today. But the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. And I say to you in the name of the Lord Jesus, receive the gifts and the supernatural operation of the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, by the blood of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit of God, and by His perfect will, according to His Word. Lord, stir up the gift of God in this church. I pray in the name of Jesus. Stir up the gift of God in this church. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name I pray for your glory. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. God bless you and thank you. Do you need to tap into this, Sister Barnum? You okay? What have we got?
we got nearly 100 in here, at least 80 or 90 or 100, something like that, at least 80. You know what? Wow, wouldn't it be something if we had 80 prophets here next Sunday? Ha! How powerful that could be. Don't you know there's some mothers here that could use some encouragement about their children? And God may use you to do that. There's some parents could use some encouragement. There's some husbands and wives and sons and daughters and brothers and sisters and folks that could use some encouragement. And the gifts of the Spirit are for encouragement, edifying, building up supernaturally. God bless you. I love you. And uh, folks will be coming, I guess, eventually. I hope I'm the first one out again tonight. I hope I get extra love. I love you. Fellowship. Have a good evening. Good night. God bless you. You're dismissed. Yeah.